Just start. I saw on the news recently. Spitters are quitters. Wow. Okay, I probably won't be able to do that again, but wow. <laughs> what a segue and a half. Oh, yes, let's do this. Feel a presence behind me when I went into the loo. <laughs> For when I get those lonely nights and I sit to myself, why, oh, why? That is going to be out of context and in the intro. You've done it now. Uncle Bob with his camera out, you know. Um, you know, working on a couple of different projects. It's like us photographers. We, we don't just stick to one lens. <laughs> Wait, you know? I got done last week. Have a lens. You like it. And then you sell it. Are you regretting it? Ooh, so it's a scoop. And Holly likes this side at the moment. Tom, are your affairs in order? That's poetry. Holly, Holly, settle, settle, settle. Anyone who doesn't know that was a 51st dates reference. Not the first time he's been called that. Beep you. <laughs> Beep you. Hey guys, welcome to Shuttercast. My name's Thomas Nitz. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Soraya Roberts. Brendan Neaton and Holly Benson. How are we going? Yeah, good. Thank I'm so glad to be remembered. <laughs> well, you're finally in the studio. Finally in the studio. I feel like I'm in the sandbox. Here now in person, I'm no longer... not in the sandbox and now I'm joined. And now I'm no longer outnumbered by the boys. That's right, mm. two girls. So what have we been up to since we last had the episode? We had a week off um, from last week, um, obviously with a bit of technical difficulties. Um, so what have we all been up to now that some of the restrictions have been lifted in, uh, in Sydney? Not much. I like I walk out to the front of the house and take the bins. I come to see you guys, which is exciting. <laughs> That's about it. I think this is my excitement for the whole week. Um, I think I had one audition for a really big franchise. But um, besides that, not much. How are you guys? How'd the audition go? You're really good. Yeah. I'll show it to you later. I reckon you'll get it. Who knows? Fingers my crossed. Alien voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I um did a, my first um photo shoot in a long time today actually. So went out and um just took photos of a family um that I know and that have asked me to come take some family photos for them. So, you know, it's it's not a wedding, it's not what I generally do as a main thing, but yeah, it was just great to get behind the camera again and yeah, get shooting, get creative. So that was good. Yeah, so, I don't have that feeling. It's it's has been a bit of a dry spell at the moment. Um bookings and whatnot are slowly starting to come in. I'm getting inquiries now. Um, now that the some of the restrictions are starting to ease up in um, in Australia, it's it's starting to ease up, which is a good thing um, for us people in the entertainment industry and, and creative arts. Um, so it is it is a plus, and we are starting to see um, a bit of an influx of uh, work coming our way, which is a good thing. What about oh, you, Holly? That's good. Lucky ducks. I'm still not allowed to touch people's faces yet. Um, I saw my family for the first time in six weeks, so that was fantastic. Aww, but apart from that, it's, it's work and it's home. Makes you appreciate it. Okay, let's, I want to introduce a special guest onto the show, Rahim, all the way from the UK. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, man, good. I feel like I need to up the energy, you know, and get on the same level as you guys. It's, <laughs> it's early in the morning here. Too early. I think you're on the coffee and we're on the, uh, the vodka and the uh, bourbons. As they say, it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we still have 15 yeah, minutes. Um, so, yeah, t- tell us a little bit about yourself and a bit of your background and the industry that you're in and how you got in got into photography. Okay, cool. So, basically, uh, my day job is I work in TV. I'm, a, I'm an editor, so I make TV shows for a living. But I'm also tr- a trained cameraman, which I think helps with uh, being a photographer. So, uh, about seven years ago, I started out shooting. Um, I was doing sort of family and kids' portraits and stuff uh, at, a, at my father-in-law's coffee shop. And and I had a name called Sugarbox Studios. Like I thought it would be a nice, friendly, um, family-friendly name or what have you. But then I got a photography bug, and I started shooting everything, uh, and settled on doing photos with bodybuilders of all things. So um, <laughs> I, I carved myself a bit of a niche. 
there for about four years, you know. So as a photographer, who who inspires you as a photographer? Um, I'm sure you must have some sort of uh, creative influences um, that flow into your workflow. Well, actually, I don't have any photographer in particular. Now, that sounds quite snobbish, possibly. I was thinking, it sounds like I don't look up to anybody. <laughs> no. Defi- no, no it's, Defi- it's-, it's definitely not coming across as snobbish as a palm. It's all good. It's just the accent. It's just the nah, accent. Nah. Yeah, exactly. I am at the top. <laughs> the cream of the crop right here. No, so. uh, yeah, exactly. All I have to do, I look, I, I look down. No. No, Stick that pinky up in the air with your cup of tea. That's when he takes the photo. The pinky's never. The, the pinky's always up when he presses the butter. The butter. The butter. The butter. The butter. The butter. <laughs> I'll probably get somebody else to press the button for me. Uh, <laughs> I look on um, Instagram, Pinterest, and stuff, you know. And, and, and actually, because I do a lot of co- uh, composite. Um, work as well so i look at fantasy feeds you know like um uh, warriors and dragons and all that kind of yeah. stuff and then i'll look at certain version. elements of the shot speaking know? of fantasy i saw that you did um oh, a while back it keeps on popping up in my news feed but it's a pretty awesome shot if i do say myself um you did that i think it was a greek slash spartan, spartan kind of shoot oh, yeah that cool. looked really really awesome now, how did you find that location were those just lying around or did you have some contacts or what's what's the go how do you go with that um planning that kind of shoot well, actually, basically, uh, the the guy lives in the city where we did our shoot. It's, uh, it's a city called Bath in England, and um, it has a lot of history with it was you know Roman history and stuff and architecture, and it's a very very pretty city. And I said to him, it'd be really cool um, to shoot somewhere where we can make use of this sort of architecture. And initially, we were going to shoot it in Cardiff, where I live, um, but we don't have the same sort of architecture. Anyway, where he lives, there's this place called the Roman Bath, and it's a it's it's an actual real Roman bath kind of stuff, and it's a tourist attraction or what have you. So That's we ended crazy. up booking the place. We had it to to ourselves two hours before it opens to the public. So we paid for it all, you know, etc. Uh, etc. Et and it was amazing. You know, we had to shoot. We had all these different locations to shoot at, and it was yeah, it was awesome. That's that's wow. crazy. I mean, as photographers over in Australia, I think. I don't know about Brendan, but I myself, I see these locations like over in the United Kingdom or um, over in America. I'm thinking, oh, I would love to just shoot over there just to get that creative bug juice flowing through. Um, I'm sure that's going to be out of context in this episode. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but yeah, you must have those, you must have a bucket list in terms of photography where you want to go um, around the world and say, you know what, that's, I want to shoot there, whether it be in Iceland or whether it be in um, San Francisco or Australia, do you have any bucket lists on your uh, on your list? Well, I think I, I, I tend to um, make the most of whatever I'm shooting, kind of stuff. As in, you know, I can literally shoot in the little bit of trees across the road from where I live. But the the good thing is, uh, with the photography world, I got so many different connections all around the world that I would love to just go to. Like you say, you guys live over in Australia. If I ever wanted to go over there, I'll hit you up and I'll be like, hey, I'll shoot somewhere awesome over there. And then I got people, you know, in Mexico or somewhere else in America, you know. So I don't have a particular bucket list, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I could just if I all I have to do is spend like an hour thinking about it, <laughs> whatever <laughs> way to end up going. And I, and I will, uh, 
and I'm that's, not coming together, you know? That's that's a good a good thing that you said as well. Like you can you, realistically, you could just shoot, you know, in the grass across the across the road from your house. And as a, as yeah. a photographer, you learn. Was that you yesterday popping through the window? <laughs> it was. <laughs> as, Isolation's as a photographer, got people going crazy. You as a photographer, you you tend to see things that others don't like. You can see a, a like a, a bit of landscape for what it could be in a photo, not what you see from the naked eye. Mm. Um, I know Tom did a photo shoot where it was let's try and get beautiful photos in shit locations and um, it was like on the side yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. on the side of a road it was just, just some weeds on the side of the road but it's all about perspective perspective looking at the photo it just looks like oh someone's shot in the field, in the field but yeah. really it was just the side of the road and just nah, a bit nah. of weeds and it's like yeah hey, you would never pick it i so, know that i've done yeah. weddings and i've been on the way to a photo location i'm like hey let's stop here because this is a really cool spot you know, and they can't really see what I'm seeing, but you know, the photos always turn out great. But some people are different. Some people chase the light. Some people chase the location. Yeah. I don't know about you, but as a, photog- a wedding photographer, what are you um, looking for in terms of like getting the right photo? Yeah, I think it's a even mixture of both, um, and it really depends on your venue. I mean, weddings are, are different because you know these people have chosen a specific venue for a reason. So you want to try and look for architecture and structures that really. Um, kind of give you the the visual of okay, well that is that place because that's what they've chosen for their wedding day. So obviously they want that to some to some extent. Um, but yeah, of course I always try and find. I look at where the sun's going and think, okay, that's where we're going for sunset because that'll be awesome over there. So yeah, you got to look for both really. Mm. So what about yourself, Rahim? Brendan's a more of a natural light photographer, whereas I'm a, a strober. So I don't really look for the light. Yes, good lighting helps, but I like to control my lighting. So in terms of that question. I actually like to go out and find the right location because at the end of the day, I have ways around that I can control the light, whether it be strobes, whether it be using big scrims. So, um, yeah, so I'm a bit a little bit different with my workflow, um, but then again, there's different styles, different influences. Um, what about yourself, Rahim? I, I, I'd say I'm the same as you, then, mate. Because um, yeah, it's it's I use off off camera flash all the time, you know. Um, so it's lighting and stuff like that's not really a problem. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it is It is the location. Really, I absolutely love shooting on location. And the thing is, when I was doing a lot of these bodybuilder shoots, I would shoot in gyms all the time. And, it, you know, these are working gyms. They're open to the public and stuff. And it, it, you had, they had challenges themselves doing these shoots. And then when I started doing the costume-based stuff, you could still show off their physiques, but the guys and girls got a chance to play a character they could look like they was you know uh in a movie and stuff and so i was like great this is so much more fun you know shooting on location so you're a <clears throat> film editor as another job so do you do any yeah. photography in that world as well uh yeah that, i this is one of the things somebody uh, on a facebook group said i should try doing which is because they saw my cosplay costume style shoots they were saying oh the quality is good enough to be in you know film stills uh film and tv promo stills whatever and so uh yeah i i sort of messaged some of my contacts within the tv work world and i said you know do you know anyone who wants any actors who want any uh photo shoots done and um, a friend of mine, like two weeks after I asked him stuff, uh, he ended up giving me a call and he said, yes. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the show Doctor Who. Over what? There. No, sorry, no, I don't know who I it know. is. Shut up, shut up, no. let him speak. Who is that? Who? Okay, stop with the jokes. It's, it's, it's a cheaper version of Star Trek. Do- you don't need to. How dare you, firstly. I think Holly's a fan. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. All the jokes, all the jokes have to end, and I need to know who you met. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if you're that interested, through my job, I used to work on the show as a side oh note for years, as in uh, the spin-off show. So we, you can hit wow. me up afterwards. We can talk about this or whatever. But, um, Which no, no, spin-off show? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Doctor Who on this photography thing. Now, um, <laughs> my mate, he was the bra- he was the brand's manager on Doctor Who, so he everything that Doctor Who put out had to go through him. Oh my so god! Anyway, he hit me. Up, uh, he he basically said, um, "Doctor Who's got a new spin-off show coming out." This is a couple of years ago uh, called Car- Class, which yeah. is. Um, set, it, set in the school, one of the main sort of schools in Doctor Who, whatever. And he said, I want to do a photo shoot with all, all the cast of that particular show. And we'll, we'll do it on location at the studio with, a, with, a, with a, the program set and stuff like that. And you'll have them for three hours. I was like, yeah, man. He said, if you're available, of course. And I said, of course I'm fucking available. I'm <laughs> yeah, no, let, me, my whole let schedule, me check my schedule. So yeah, in, that was awesome. And that was kind of like the door. So, so in saying that, who, who is the most uh, most famous person you've shot? Because I've seen someone on, on your feed that you've shot some uh, pretty famous actors out there. So some, who are some of the actors that you've shot? Well, there was, there was uh, I'd say the, the most sort of like he's on a, in a lot of stuff recently is a guy called Mark Lewis-Jones. Now he's um, a character actor kind of stuff. You know, he is leading man as well in a, in a, in a few different um, shows. London Gangs, the guy from London Gangs? Memory uh, serving uh, the guy, yeah. So, yeah. Um, also, yeah. Um, Mark, Mark, but he was also, he was in Game of Thrones, he was in Star Wars, you know. And he literally, Game you know, of um, Thrones. Lives, I haven't, haven't heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, again, again, <laughs> it's some low budget, whatever. But uh, that was like the cheaper yeah, version um, of The Witcher, right? <laughs> Game of Thrones. Is that yeah, like exactly. the, is, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Is that like the Hobbits or something? <laughs> uh, um, now. Into a bit more serious uh, side of things. So we see that uh, around the world, uh, the COVID-19 has been hitting hard um, in various places over in, in the UK. Um, how has the coronavirus impacted your business and how have you um, adapted to the changes? Well, my main business, like I say, is working in TV, so that's stalled. You know, I had lots of work lined up and that's everything's been put on hold. So there's no filming or editing going on and stuff. So but as far as photography, same thing, you know, shoots, you're not allowed to go out kind of stuff, you know, you're not supposed to go too far from your house, essentially. so no photo shoots happening. So but what I'm actually planning on doing, and I had an idea before the whole lockdown started anyway, and I used to do workshops, um, especially like off-camera flash and how to shoot physiques, as in bodybuilders and stuff. So um, I'm trying to put a plan together for that because a lot of people are kind of interested. So I've already got a gym lined up. I can find a, girl, a guy and a girl to do a shoot with, no problem. And so, you know, that's one of the things I want to plan for when the whole lockdown lifts. Mm, it's pretty serious over there. Um, so that would be like a TFP kind of shoot, would it? For the models, yeah. Uh, it depends how much you know I end up charging for it and stuff. So they might get some some cash from it or whatever. But yeah. I, th- I know a lot of models because um, I would basically sell the idea of them having photos done uh, based on they'd already know my work, they'd see it, and they'd know oh I'd get some good photos out of this as well. And you know they they just have to stand around in the gym for a couple hours, which is what they used to anyway. So, you know, um, that'd be fair. Yeah, they're going to be there already. You're just going to bring a camera. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially. Yeah, 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 essentially. (laughs) 
Um, so we'll bring on to the next topic, which is um, expectations versus reality. Uh, obviously, with your industry, you, it kind of coincided with the photography and um, the studio editing. Uh, what are some of the expectations that people see from the outside versus the reality of what actually goes on? Hmm. Uh, well, I, I suppose with, um, say, the composite work I do, uh, they may not exactly understand how much work goes into it. So it's a difficult one to price, if you know what I mean. So, um, you know, say if I did a, if I was to do a, a gym-based photo shoot, uh, you know, it'd be X amount of photos, X amount of hours, and for this much money. Whereas if I did a composite shoot, it would be less photos, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it's yeah. very difficult to photo shoot the same amount of time. But then, I mean, because I spent so much time in post-production, um, they made, and that's the stuff they don't see. If I then all of a sudden say, right, okay, five, five shots is going to cost you X amount of hundreds of pounds, they'd be like, what? I can't, that's way too much. But these are all individual. Yeah, guns. I was going to say, do you find yourself you have to um, uh, educate your customers in terms of what's involved in um, the reasoning and difference of pricing? Because I know with um, Brendan, um, people, there's a stigma attached and like, oh, wedding photographers, they get a lot of money. Um, when in reality, it's, it is decent money, but there is a lot of uh, work that goes behind it in terms of uh, editing, editing, meeting up with your clients, um, shooting on the day, traveling, um, and a lot of uh, post-editing. Ed- so I find that it, does that... Um, you find that you have to educate in terms of your clients, in terms of um, the, uh, the pricing involved, because um, they might not understand the reasoning behind it? <laughs> you do have to educate them. You know, it's, it's, it's the same with a standard shoot and stuff, because they don't see, you know, even from the time that they message me on Facebook, you know, or, or on email or whatever, you know, I spend hours talking to them beforehand, and, mm. then, and then all of a sudden you get to the pricing bit, though, radio silence because they're like whoa okay, it's too much you know what I mean? so so all that that takes time you know the, you've got, got insurance and stuff the research i tell you i'll give you a good example very quickly right i did one of my last fitness shoots in fact i retired from fitness shoots and i was like i'm not doing them anymore and i'd organized a shoot with, it with a, um, a guy a guy and a girl and i said look forget doing the shoot in the gym I'm going to sort you out an actual medieval castle, access all areas, and I'm going to get you costumes. So a barbarian-themed photo shoot. And I said, it's going to be flipping awesome, right? And we and the guy's so excited. We were chatting beforehand. I was sending them screen grabs, mood board stuff and all that. We went for the costume, the costume fitting the day before the shoot's supposed to happen. And then the guy was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Can we do a gym shoot? And I'm like, what? Oh my God. Are you kidding me? We, we've been chatting on Messenger, WhatsApp, for, for days and days before this, and all was like enthusiasm, and yes, let's get going, it's going to look so great. And on the day, or the day before the shoot, he pulls out and he's like, I want to do a shoot in the gym. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Hell, I'm not even a modern. I'll put my hand up and say, hey, I'll do it. What do you want me to wear, a bikini? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. No one wants either of us to wear a bikini. Now, that's a sight you don't want to see. Um, now... In saying that, like uh, the classic response when you, as soon as you give someone their pricing, um, you explain them the cost down, the breakdowns, um, the infamous response I usually get, I don't know about you guys, is um, I'll, I'll get back to you or I'll speak to my partner. 
and usually there's dead silence. Yeah. My favourite one that I always get, in, at least in makeup world, is, oh, but this person does it at this price. That's and when I go, you uh, go to them and now. That's the, uh, mm-hmm. I, that's I, I wish you all the yeah, best. I politely like say that, but I actually have a already pre-typed out thing because it happens every now and again. <laughs> Save it in the That draft. I will just copy and paste <laughs> because I explain the breakdown. It's like I've got a diploma in this. This is what my products are. This is why my prices are the pro- but, what uh, they are. This yeah. is what you're getting. But some for. people don't think about that. Yeah, that they don't. Well, see, I, I, they compare price, to someone yeah. else when it's your pricing. It's what you're offering. You either accept it or you walk away. Exactly. Well, it, else. You the, pay for what you get. We're guys, in the creative right? arts um, world, so you know what you get. What you see, um, and. I don't know about you, but I pride on uh, quality over quantity. So if you yeah, want someone that goes, oh, I want a thousand photos for this photo shoot or I want all the photos from the wedding, but are you really getting yeah. what you want out of that? You know, if you, you need a mm-hmm. tailor-made for whatever you want. So if you want quality work, well, then you can't really go, I want everything in between. Otherwise, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Mm. So you really need to sit down and go, okay, this is my budget. This is what I got to play with. And then... That's when you go, okay, well, I can do it for this price, but you can't get this. I can do it for this one, for that price, for this package. And, yeah, like, it, it, it's quality over um, yeah, quantity. It's just like when people say to me, oh, can I have all the raw <laughs> photos for my wedding? Uh, like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. no, because it's not a true representation of my work and it's not a true representation See, of how I... Like for me, photography is you get to show other people what the world looks like through your eyes. Mm-hmm. And... You know, by giving out my raw fo- my raw photos, a they're more a data file than an image, and b that's not a true representation of my work. That's not what I envision when I took the photo. So yeah, it's all about mm. it's all about the the quantity, the quali- quality over quantity. Um, now there has been a cu- couple of times I've actually given raws away, and but that's only um, for big companies and stuff like that, and they've actually paid for the rights for the raw images um, and that's because they've got some obviously they've got editors behind the scene and they need that flexibility of the raw file to do what they do but at the end of the day they know why they want that raw file they paid for that a lot of the times when models or uh, a client asks for a raw file they the little bit Sometimes you have to explain it to them. They don't yeah. necessarily mean they want the raw file. They just want Some the unedited upload. JPEG, mm. which is the difference. Mm. Some people just mm. don't want, oh, I don't want all mm. that um, blemish marks. or the, I don't, I don't want to have all this smoothness on the skin. And that's what they mean. They want the um, unedited JPEG, not the raw file. So sometimes you just have to explain to your, um, your clients or the models and say, hey, I think you mean this. And more often than not, they go, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Um, because I think there's a bit of mis communication when it comes to raw file and unedited jpeg yeah i think it has to be a lot better with communication because i see a lot of photographers and they post up these raw images now some of these images just do not look good and i know these girls are gorgeous like oh geez what's going on there and i feel for them because you don't want to be rude and say hey can you please take that down it's not the look that i want to go with or I don't really look great in that photo. I think there needs to be better communication between the photographers and the models as to with raw images and edited images. Now, it's not talked about enough. Yeah. Um, now, Brendan, you must have, in terms of expectations and uh, reality, in terms of wedding, I'm sure there must be a million and one things where um, clients have come to you go, oh, well, I want this and this and this. And you go, well, hang on. Let's just sit down and work out because I think you're a little bit off topic and a little bit off yeah. the ball. Um, this is what it really is. I think I think one of the biggest things, especially with weddings, is yeah, as you said, 
making sure there is a realistic expectation. Like someone's, I get a question all the time: How many photos fireworks in get? the background that you said last like <laughs> week? Yeah. Dubs being released. I like. I get. I yeah. I get this question of how many photos am I going to get? And the honest, the hundred percent honest answer is: It depends on your day. And exactly. you know, it's going to be anywhere between you know eight hundred to a thousand or twelve hundred, depending on your day. But don't worry about how many you get. It's Just like worry it's, about how it's like going to Picasso. Here you go. Here you go. Here's a blank canvas, but you've only got five minutes to give me a really spectacular image. Yeah. You don't put a you don't put a time limit on it or a time frame on a on an artist. It's the same with a photographer. We'll capture your day. We'll give you the results. Just enjoy the moment and leave this up to us. That's yeah. why you've hired us to cre- to capture your day. You yeah, enjoy so that day. Yeah, definitely. The most beautiful moments are the ones you're not posing for, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's why that, you guys are there to watch those moments. Even when photo shoots, like I've done with models, even the best photos is when they're not looking exactly. or when they're not paying attention because you get to capture them as they are and not someone trying to pretend to be something they're not. Um, they just feel more natural. Mm. Well, it's like with actors being on set when they've pressed cut, they say that they haven't cut right and the actors are just in the moment. Sometimes the most beautiful moments, the raw moments, are when you're not doing anything more, when it's, when it's out of the script. You must yeah. see you know? that a lot, Rahim, with all the uh, unedited stuff behind the scenes oh. that hadn't gone to uh, to screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, yeah. I, I've, I've seen... Um, Stacks of that stuff, but yeah, obviously the stuff that ends up on the screen is the stuff you want to use or whatever. But um, uh, uh, my mind's just gone blank, and I had a thought that you've tried. Sorry, we oh, all yeah. had those, don't worry. You know about, <laughs> <laughs> when, when you say people want the raw files and stuff, it's, it's like in TV, trust me, you wouldn't ask the makers <laughs> of Doctor Who to see the un, can, can I have the ungraded, un, un SFX, uh, you know, un visual effects version of Doctor Who. It would look crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's just literally, uh, you know, it's like uh, it's got no colours on it. You know, it's all fat the way they shoot it and all that. So it's, it's the same sort of principle. You don't and give even, them stuff Even more so with, with your composites, like the, the end result is going to be a lot different from what they can even see um, in the real world when they're no, there on, exactly. the, on the photo shoot. And in regards to the expectations, like managing the expectations, what do you do with composites and the time frame for those? Uh, that's why it's a tricky one. I mean, I know we're going to talk about TFP stuff later and stuff. So that's why I kind of, uh, some of the composite stuff is, it's, it's my own projects. You know, I don't tend to do them if people, um, ask for them yet. Cause it's one of the hardest things personally for me to, to price, if you know what I mean? So I kind of steer away from that. If people say, can you do composite photo shoots? Yes, I can, but I don't know how to price it. <laughs> that's, that's the honest truth. Cause I always think they probably can't afford it if I were to actually charge it, but then that's an assumption. <laughs> That's actually how I, mean? I feel about so the special effects either. makeup. <laughs> um, now, leading to um, in terms yeah, of okay. in terms of makeup, Holly, expectation and, and reality. I'm sure there must be a massive expectation, and you have to bring them down back to ground level and say, "Hey, it's not quite like that." Where they portray in uh, movies and stuff like that. This is where I'll say Pinterest and in uh, Pinterest, yeah, Pinterest and Instagram. As much as I like them for the inspiration side of things, this is the downfall of it because you've got, you know, the Insta-famous Kardashian people who every single person that – not every single person, but a fair amount of people and especially the younger crowd go, I want to look like this. And it's like, well, for one, you – 
don't have that bone structure, you don't have their colouring, yeah. you don't have their face shape, there's only so much I can do and you haven't made paid me to make a prosthetic. And be let's real with yourself. <laughs> exactly. Be yeah. real with and you don't have enough shades exactly. of Oompa <laughs> And I don't have enough shades of Oompa Loompa in my kit. Um, it's, it's a massive conversation most of but the time about... Let's face it, they have a, uh, an entourage of people behind them, you know, making them look good all day. It's not just that, though. It's... That is the shape of their faces. That is how they look. And it's, you know, quite but a lot even, of work that goes into how they look. And if it's look. not, they have a massive budget for prosthetics, which, <laughs> you know, people don't want to pay you. <laughs> it's the same thing with, like, commercial shoots and, um, and and videos and commercial videos and commercial billboards and stuff like that. There is a ton of editing, as well as makeup, that go to into make it. them look exactly. that good. Because when they go, oh, I want this, but it's like, well, hang on, okay, we can do that, but... It's completely... But I'll, I'll slightly correct you on that. It's not about them looking like that to look good. They have the ability to look good. It's the fact that they don't have to look like someone else to do it. It's the um, the mm. it's the pedestal mm. that they put them on. Exactly. And it's, you know, mm. you've got your own face. Your own face is gorgeous. Let's figure out what highlights that. And it's the same in with the photographers as well. They know how to, to do that. So just because exactly. you've seen this exact same photo on some uh, from... Inter- yeah. uh, Pinterest doesn't mean that if you mimic that exact pose or have that yeah, exact same, it might, not suit, you. It might yeah. not suit you. So you Find might need to style. change the pose. You change the makeup yeah. to suit your face, to suit your style. 100%. Um, now I have a question for you since you're in the film industry. Raheem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, so as a photographer, well, yeah. are you more enticed to stay in film or are you looking to maybe venture elsewhere and do other things with your business? Like what does it look like in the future for you, for your business and where you're going with yourself? <sighs> Big one if for I you. Were to, I, you know, I'd <laughs> lo- I, yeah, well, I, I have thought about it. You know, I'd, I'd, mm. I love photography so much that I thought, right, if I, if I were to give up the day job, you know, that'd be great. But it's very difficult to give up the day job, you know, because Especially when you say the you actual love, right? day job stuff, the Pays the bills, pays the yeah, equipment. Yeah, it, it, it pays the bills. That's the thing. It pays quite well as well, see. So, you and know, to make that jump from... Um, exactly. They book me for weeks and months on end, you know what I mean? So, and it's... Mm. You ever going to get a photo shoot like that? It's very unlikely, you know. So, mm. um, it's... it's so, Therefore, it's, it's difficult to make that that switch. So I would basically, it'll, I'm still the weekend warrior kind of thing. So it's just, you know, shoot it, around work, you know, extra income. It's mm. hard because I think we all have that dream that we want to um, make that leap. I think I, I speak for myself. I don't know about anyone else, but it's, it's not so much getting the work, it's getting the consistent work. That's the big drawback because we obviously have our moments when we have the influx of work leading up to the silly season um, and then it will dry off. It has its moment and that's, I think, mm-hmm. for a lot of people where it's like, okay, do I take that leap? And I've said uh, so many people say, oh, your work is so good, it's so good. I said, yeah, it's not about being the great, greatest in your field it's about how you can market yourself above okay. everyone else because at the end of the day um if you're not a good if you're not a great marketing um person in terms of uh getting that um giving that uh clientele getting your name out there getting yeah. your name out there because at the end of the day uh if you don't have that then you're not having to work no matter how great your work is and that's i think the biggest leap is the getting the consistency yeah definitely um 
Yeah, they, it's it's eighty percent business, isn't it? So that they say, and twenty percent photography and things. And and um, it is it is so important just to yeah for the, for the consistency. It's 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 a hard step to to get basically. TFP. This is probably the main thing that we wanted to talk about mm. today. Um, what is TFP for anyone out there that hasn't started in the industry? Um, TFP is usually stand for Trade for Print. A team, generally a photographer or a model, collaborate on a photography project. Everywhere, everyone works for the free, but all they receive they receive the TFP photos from the shoots to use their portfolio. Hairstylists, makeup artists, and photographers assistants can also take part in the TFP shoots as well. The term time for a print is also occasionally used. So you do PFP shoots. I think that's uh, some photographers do for TFP. Some photographers don't. So, what's your thoughts on TFP? No, TFP, I'm a big proponent for that working, and I must emphasize for free in inverted commas kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? so yeah. I'm not it's saying loosely Germany. said. Mm. In a, yeah, because as soon as you say the word free, to, especially if you talk to other you know professional photographers who are in a living, that I'm saying, hey, work for free. They'd be like, shut up. I'm not going to do it. And that, I don't mean in the sense that if somebody asks you as the photographer to work for free that you should. I mean... If you have like downtime or you want to create your own stuff separate to your regular work, say, then mm. you should work for free because it's a great way of you to show how good you are. Say, for instance, right, you're uh, a baby portrait photographer. That's what your job is. All day long, you do baby portraits. If you wanted to do a shoot with some amazing costumes at an amazing location, then do it. Do you know what I mean? And then that's a way of you branching out your business and then showing people how good you actually are because you might become a bit stale. Do you know what I mean? Doing your, mm. your baby portraits or whatever, doing the same thing every day. And so therefore I say, do these time for print shoots, you know, and, and organize them and get models together and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I actually caught what you've said, you've just said time for print instead of trade for print just then. And that's actually what I call it because it tends to go across a little bit. Uh, people understand it a bit more because it's, you are spending your time to get the final outcome for everybody involved. Yeah, and I think I think you hit the nail mm. on the head yeah. there. It's not just for, you know, new models or new photographers who are wanting to get into the industry and build a portfolio, but it's for established photographers or models who are wanting to branch out into another area of their field as well. Yeah, and I think there's... Mm. <laughs> as well as the TFP, um, the glamorous side of things, there's also a bit of a a taboo side of things of terms of TFP. A lot of big known companies in the industry abuse that yes. TFP as well. For I think exposure. <laughs> for yes, exposure. Yes, commercial work Love for that exposure. Word. I see it all the time and girls are falling for it. See, I yes. think they get caught up in the moment. It's like, ooh, yes. this is really, you know, a really I'll good thing. Exposure. But at the end of the day, mm. it's it, it's very taboo because it's not exactly illegal, but it's very frowned upon in some parts of the industry. And whereas uh, big agencies sometimes thrive on that, getting that free work for free exposure. I'm sure you've seen that in your industry, Rahim, in, in terms of photography and in the um, television industry. Yeah, especially more so in the photography stuff because obviously with the the TV industry, it's so professional, you know what I mean? There's nobody really going to come in and and, um, you need contracts, this, that, and the other, and no one's going to really be working for free. Um, But uh, yeah, in the the photography world, you do get it. That's what I mean about the whole thing when somebody approaches you to work for free that you shouldn't do it. But it's the other way around. So if you can offer your services, if you see um, the wider picture and that it can benefit you 
in say, for instance, your own portfolio, like that shoot I did with Mark Lewis Jones, um, the actor. I, that was a free shoot, as in it, it, it cost me my time to go out and do the shoot, and he got photos from it. But I knew that he's a well-known actor. So yeah. now I can then go to agencies and then say, look, I've done this shoot with his actors. They can see the quality of my work as well. Mm, and then I can get paid afterwards. It's going to be a mutual benefit. It's- yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, so that, that's it. So um, you've just got to be careful that people don't, <laughs> that you don't fall for it. I know it's, it's enticing. So imagine, I don't know, Nike came knocking or Adidas or whatever and said, hey, come and do these shoes for us and for exposure. And it ends up being a massive billboard campaign that you've done a photo shoot for. Mm. And you're just sat there in the corner with your, your 50 quid or something, you know, going, hey, hey those are my pictures that everybody's seeing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you don't get anything for it. Um, the next, the next heading here is any tips for how to work with TFP models. So, working with TFP models or any models really um, comes with guidelines, and there is some tips on how you can ensure that your TFP photo shoot with a TFP model goes as smoothly as possible. Um, I think set clear expectations. So, mood boards. Yeah, mood boards. What the mm-hmm. outcome of the of the photo shoot is going to look like? Um, who's responsible for the hair and makeup and the wardrobe? What are the requirements? Um, how long the shoot will last? One that we've spoken about at length, Tom, is how many photos will be delivered, and also mm. what the use of those photos can be. Um, so that's that's something that's really important as well. If it's a closed set or if you're shooting alone, um, allow the model to bring a friend to the set or another that's model, or you know, make sure that they know the makeup artist perhaps, because you want them to feel comfortable and you want to cover yourself as well. Exactly. Um, check in regularly yeah, on yeah. on how the model's feeling. Um, you know, holding holding a, a certain pose, especially if you're doing a themed photo shoot, it might be high impact. You want to make sure that the model's still comfortable and not worn out. So, especially if it's the first time, you want to, you want to make them yeah. feel inviting, and you want them to be a lasting experience so they come back again and do another shoot. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we've we've spoken about this as well on the podcast, and consent is key. So, if you'd like to adjust the model or their garment or their hair or anything like that, um. Look, just make sure you're asking or ask them first if they can adjust it and, you know, mirror them. We've spoken about the, some tips that you can use to help them without actually needing to have any, you know, physical touch. And then if their friend is there, maybe say, hey, can you go and adjust her hair, see how it's in her face slightly or the makeup artist. So that's that's um, important as and well. I, and I think you touched on a very important thing, um, mood board. As... as as cool as it sounds, um, you know, you get to see what it's all about. I think it's also, it shows that the photographers actually and whoever's involved are taking the time into planning the shoot. Some of my shoots that I've planned have taken three or four months on planning in terms of getting the location, getting the permits, getting the, I've even had, you know, uh, that red dress that we did at the Blue Mountains that we had a custom made. Yeah. That, that, that dress itself took about three months yeah, to get made. It was a made. Cu- custom dress. It was a oh, custom wow. dress just for, that, just for that shoot. Wow. When looking for another photographer of a TFP shoot, that's the kind of questions you want to ask. Okay, is there a mood board? Can I see some of your photos and stuff like that? Or can I bring a friend? Uh, if they say no to some of those things, then then right there is some red flags they're going to raise up. Ask exactly. the questions, you know, to get to know what the shoot is about. Doing these creative TFP shoots, you do them to add to your portfolio. It's your creative outlet. And if they're going, there's no mood board, there's no... Um, there's no structure, there's no team involved, there's no nothing, I haven't planned anything. Well, then that's a red flag. Mm, guys, um, what goes into a TFP agreement with you, Rahim? 
Uh, generally, um, <laughs> it's funny because people have seen my work kind of stuff. So they kind of, it's very, well, I find it fairly easy for me to find people to, to shoot with. Um, and, and so generally it's just, I just want to do a particular shoot for my portfolio for social media or whatever. And they get some photos out of it that they're happy to share as well. It's all very fairly loose. You know, my, my agreement is not like I'm, they know I'm not trying to make a load of money out of them. I'm yes. not going to be doing this to sell them to some sort of agency and then sit, you know, make money on the side. And, and it kind of helps the fact that I'm also doing all these behind the scenes videos because people get to know me through the videos and see my work and how I work and how I am, mm. you know? And so they'll know he's a good guy, you know? So I'm not, I'm not there to rip people off or whatever and take advantage of anybody. So Run it's, it's, um, it's just for fun. I do it. For, yeah. I just do it for the fun of it, you know? And then the models, um, it's the same thing. They're not even models. Most of the people I shoot with, they're not models. They're just, Friends. some of them have never had a photo shoot. That's Spart- that Spartan guy. That was his first ever shoot. Oh, wow. And, you know, yeah, it's amazing photo. I've seen a, that. that. Awesome work. That was a paid, I mean, that was a paid for shoot. You know, he paid me to do that shoot. But, you know, um, a lot of the, like the Robin Hood photo shoot that I did, like I said, that was, you know, there's loads of them. But it's just, uh, you know, it's just, hey, do you want to have some fun one day and go on a photo shoot? Yeah, I, th- I think something that is important, though, with TFPs and, you know, talking about, you know, what goes into organizing it is with the agreement, mm. it is good to actually have um, a contract because, yeah. as you said, you're not out there to make a whole lot of money for it, but at the end of the day, you want to ensure that they're not going to do that without your consent either. You don't want them, you don't want the models to turn turn around and go, oh, by the way, I've submitted this photo and I'm getting money from the photo and you know nothing about it. So that's all comes down to into the contract. It's not just to protect a photographer, it's protect the model as well, um, should something arise. It's to protect both your interests. And and even the makeup artist, because there can be, um, I know when I do these big shoots, we have a a numerous amount of release forms. We have one for the model release form, one for the um, filming release form, one for the makeup release form, because end of the day if something were to happen in terms of uh, the makeup or there's an allergic reaction or someone didn't want to be on recorded on film then we need to have that documentation to back it up if should something take a turn for the worst basically the wording like on these um, I do actually use uh, I've been starting to use them a bit more often release forms and what have you Mm. Uh, but I find them quite legalistic sounding you know what I mean and I think whenever I sort of uh, send um, tell the model beforehand uh, or clients whatever that yeah I'm going to send you a release form they might think, oh, they're signing their life away kind of thing, you know. They're like, what does this photographer want from me? You know, oh. but I know, obviously, that it's just to protect me and them. Um, but I find a lot of them See, we're, can be quite sort of threatening sounding. Do you know what I mean? It sounds threatening, and especially if you're new to the industry. But at the end of the day, if something were to take a turn to the worst, you need to protect yourself uh, legally. Um, because I've had um, models and uh, had crazy exes ring up and saying, oh, you know, I don't want these photos on there. Take him off. I don't want my missus on there. Well, so hang on. You signed a release form. If you have any dramas, just talk to me normally. I'm a human being, so we can work it out. But at the end of the day, they have to cover everyone's um, asses, so to speak, should hit the fans. And, right. and my big one is, especially from the makeup standpoint, and don't get me wrong when I say this, Everybody puts a lot of time and effort into these, but most people are putting time, whereas the makeup artists are actually putting in product. So it's not actually a free shoot for them. Mm. 
they're actually using mm. things that cost them money. And so, and whatnot. yeah. And so I love doing TFP, especially if it's something that I haven't done, but it's those moments when the work gets posted online and you don't even get credit. And so that's one of my big things. If you do a TFP shoot, I understand that, you know, the model and the photographer generally are the big players in that. But if you don't tag the, you know, the people who organise the costumes, people who do the makeup, the ones that are doing the behind the scenes stuff that helped you get the shot that you got, that's an issue. No, no, it's key. It's one of the agreements that I've got with um, the, the, the costume uh, people, for instance, that I use. It's always, uh, it's like I say, it's mutually beneficial. So I always make sure that I, I tag and, and you know, uh, give them the mention and the credit. Just tag on the social medias, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So we'll, we'll tie into the last thing. Um, funny moments on TFP shoots. I'm sure we've all had our funny moments. <laughs> Soraya? Do you know what? I went for a photo shoot and we all jumped in this bus and there was such a cool bunch of people. So we went right up north somewhere and we had to hike for a good 40 minutes through sand dunes. I loved it. I don't think everybody else loved it. <laughs> like rolling down the sand dunes. After doing our photo shoot, it was amazing. And then uh, hiking back. And then you know what? I actually never got the photos from that person. But um, just the whole hike really? up there. You never no, the I never got the photos. It was amazing too. I'd love to do that again. But yeah, just the whole hike and me head going, come on, everybody. <laughs> like, What's wrong with her? Funnily enough, that ties <laughs> into my one. <laughs> we It was actually a shoot with Brendan and I. And so Brendan, I and uh, a model friend of ours did a photo shoot. Was it Mini Ha Ha Falls? Yeah. A mini, yeah, cool. a mini Ha Ha Falls in, is it in Katoomba? It's up there somewhere. Up, up in the Blue Mountains. And... To get to Minnehaha Falls, you actually have to walk down a flight of stairs that's more like a ladder mm-hmm. and it just keeps going down and down and down and down and yeah. down. And I had to take my kit. He had to take all of his photography gear. Luckily, we did the makeup at my house beforehand, so it wasn't too bad. But we get down there. We think it's going to be warm. I think we did it in December. The poor girl gets into that water. I get into the water because I'm doing touch-ups in the water and we're freezing to death. (laughs) And then at the end, we had to walk back up. Oh, I hate the cold. Oh, man. I'm what like a lizard. I need the sun. The shots were gorgeous, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Beauty for pain. Right pain for beauty. Do you have any uh, funny moments on TFP shoots? Well, there, there was uh, one, of the, one of the shoots I did um, as a publicity stunt was to walk the streets of London with a bodybuilder kind of stuff. So <laughs> he, was, he, he was six foot six, this guy, right? So he stood Ooh. out anyway. So like a flipping brick outhouse and uh, a good looking guy, you know, and it was literally, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was literally just, you know, the, the, the reactions that we got from everybody as you're walking around the streets and stuff, people thought he was an actor or some sort of superhero, people coming up, having photos taken with him and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and it was just literally the sight of that. And also the following year, very quickly, we did the same sort of thing, walking the streets, but London, it was raining that day. Standard. So then <laughs> the next year we flew to. Is it always raining? We flew to Rome. No, 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 no. It's not. Not all. It hasn't. I've been there twice now. It had didn't rain once either time. I'm going to go over when you go over. No, it's not going to rain. So you went to Rome. Yeah, no. 
<laughs> it's yeah, we went to Rome and then we did the same thing again. Walked the streets of Rome with this guy with his top off and stuff, you know, wearing shorts and you know, hitting all the things. And then we actually got moved on by the police. <laughs> in one spot. Oh wow! We, but it, yeah, there, there's police everywhere. Every uh, big tourist site, which is pretty much all of Rome. Mm. Um, <laughs> I thought let's get a shot by the Trevi Fountain, you know. Yep. And so we there early in the morning, Trevi Fountain. He takes his top off, does a pose, and straight away the police are on us. So like, ah, you know, I was like, sorry, sorry, it's just for fun. Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. Funny moment on my photo shoot. It was actually one that I did with Holly. Um, we were doing a Marie Antoinette themed photo shoot, and the photo shoot went awesome, and everything was gravy, and we thought we'd celebrate with the cake that Holly baked. Um, to actually, you know, be a prop in the photo. And I just ate way too much cake. I felt so sick after that. I but forgot about that. the cake was so good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think one of my favourite moments, um, I did with uh, another photographer with Malcolm. And um, I don't know if you know this, Rahim, but there was a, a big murder over in uh, Australia. I think it was... Uh, like it 19... wasn't just a murder. It was a, a murder. serial killer. It was a serial killer. His name was um, Ivan Malak. Okay. I don't, I don't oh, know if you heard of him. I remember his, um, his nephew. Ivan Malak. Um, well, we planned to do a shoot. Um, this was about the end of last year, I think it was. Um, myself and Malcolm in uh, Belangelo State Forest, where is which, which is, is where, where the... he hid all of the bodies of exactly. the, oh, the backpackers. So that we he did a shoot. Oh, it, we did like a bit of a mystical shoot in there. We had full on scrims. We had like four or five strobes and a, a chair out in the forest. Um, and turns out this was planned months in advance. And it turns out uh, weeks prior to the shoot, Ivan Malat got um, took out out of prison. And into hospital because he was going, he was struggling with his cancer and all that. Uh, and it turns out uh-huh. the n- actual day, the morning of the shoot, Ivan Malat died. And here is the kicker the trailer that we took the equipment in for photography, Ivan's trailers, it was called. Oh. Yeah. And, and then we proceeded to do an Angels and Demons shoot. There, like a month later. <laughs> Did you see any floaters in the I background? Just that was no, I just hid the whole time. So yeah, that that was um our interest. All coincidental. It coincidentally, exactly. <laughs> yeah, stay clear of that place. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we might wrap up the show today. I'd like to thank our host, uh, our my <laughs> tongue tied. Edit that out. Um, <laughs> All right, guys. I'd like to wrap up the show. I'd like to thank our guest Rahim. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, uh, Brendan, Holly, and Soraya. Thanks, guys. And thank we'll you. see you next time. Until next time, keep on shooting. Bye. Yeah, bye. See you later. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. Like us on Facebook. Bye-bye.